Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Hi, and welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is Dr. Aviva Ram, and as always, it's a delight to be here with you. Today, I want to talk about a bit of an unusual food intolerance, but one that often goes hidden. And it's not super common in the general population, but it is more common in the women and the women who bring their kids to come see me, largely because the types of symptoms that it causes pretty much go under-noticed or undetected or undiagnosed by conventional docs. So a lot of the people that come to see me or contact me by email or on my Facebook page, et cetera, are those women and the moms with kids who are struggling with unusual symptoms that sort of end up causing them to fall through the cracks. So if you've heard of antihistamines, which are medications used to control allergic reactions and allergy symptoms, you're already on the way to having heard of histamines. But you probably haven't heard of histamine intolerance unless you've been struggling with some weird symptoms and it came across your awareness that there is this problem called histamine intolerance. I actually didn't know about it even after medical school until I learned about it from a mom of a new patient that had come to me about five or so years ago. And now I regularly treat patients with these problems because I recognize it, first of all. And it's amazing how dramatic the improvements can be if you are suffering with the symptoms. So first of all, what are the symptoms of a histamine intolerance? They can include any of the following or all of the following. And this includes abdominal cramps, diarrhea, anxiety, difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, dizziness or vertigo, feeling hot often, almost like hot flashes, or frequently having chills for no reason, fatigue or weakness, low blood pressure or high blood pressure, and it can be extreme in either direction, migraines or headaches, hives, itching or eczema, menstrual cramps or migraines or especially premenstrual migraines, nasal congestion, sneezing, itchy eyes, difficulty breathing, nausea or vomiting, puffiness or swelling, like your hands feel puffy or your face feels puffy, your heart gets racing, especially but not always after eating certain foods, you get skin flushing, again, especially but not always after eating certain foods, and wine or alcohol intolerance. Now, these can all be symptoms of an allergic reaction, but this is not a true allergy. It's just symptoms that mimic an allergic reaction. Of course, if you're having any of these symptoms, don't just dismiss it as histamine intolerance. If, if it seems like an allergic reaction, definitely get it checked out. Super important. So in my practice, I first learned the way of this problem through a, a mom, as I mentioned, who brought her daughter to me. This mom noticed that her daughter was having a host of seemingly disconnected and somewhat bizarre symptoms. Even her doctors thought they were bizarre. And this young woman saw many doctors before they came to me. And ultimately, her symptoms of a racing heart, 
severe weakness and dizziness, especially after eating extreme low blood pressure that sometimes even caused fainting, skin rash and, and hives, severe abdominal pain, and debilitating anxiety were ultimately dismissed as an anxiety disorder. By the time I met this young woman, she was 14 years old, quite weak and underweight because everything she ate seemed to just make her symptoms worse. This was a previously high-achieving middle school student who had now missed her entire first year of high school due to this disability that she was having. In fact, a lot of days she was so weak she could barely get out of bed. And you can imagine, you know, you go to doctor after doctor after doctor, they seem like these weird symptoms. You've got a girl who's also really anxious and they just chalk it up to, well, she's so anxious she can't handle her first year of high school. So this is this girl's excuse and her way of missing high school, but this was not the case. And desperate to find an answer, her mom became what I call a citizen scientist, someone who just really gets kind of sick and tired of being dismissed, knows that there's something wrong, and decides to sort of educate themselves and become the medical detective for their own family or their own self. And so by the time she brought her daughter to me, she had a clue that there was this problem called histamine intolerance and asked me if I'd ever heard of it. And I told this mom that I had learned a ton about histamine in medical school and certainly as a physician had seen allergic reactions, as well as a problem called mastocytosis, which is where you have a problem regulating your histamine. You have cells that are overproducing histamine. It can be genetic. There can even be a histamine producing um, tumor. But I had not heard of histamine intolerance per se as a medical condition. But one thing I've learned from 32 years of being a midwife and a physician and an herbalist is to listen to my patients and learn from what they have to teach me. So I did my homework and sure enough, this mom who had been dismissed by so many doctors as a pushy pain in the butt, which she told me, was onto something. And interestingly, in my practice, I asked a nurse practitioner who I had really come to respect if she had ever heard of histamine intolerance. And she said, only once in this patient Actually, you know, what I asked her was, so the, another thing that was happening with this girl was that every time she took B vitamins, methylated B vitamins, so methylfolate and methyl B12, which had been prescribed to her by a naturopathic doctor, she had a seizure. And I asked this nurse practitioner in my practice, have you ever heard of anyone who had seizures from methyl B vitamins? And the nurse practitioner said, only one patient. And it was a patient who then got diagnosed by an allergist as having a histamine intolerance. And I was like, okay, this is, this is too coincidental to not put two and two together. Something's going on here with my patient because it was such a bizarre symptom. Who has seizures from taking a B vitamin? They're supposed to be helpful for your nervous system. So I started doing some more research and found out that this sometimes does actually happen, that methylated B vitamins for some reason in certain patients seem to make it worse, partly because vitamin B6 may have something to do with the liberation and production of histamine. And the other thing that was causing seizures in this young woman I was seeing was spinach, which seems so bizarre until I ultimately read the list of foods that could cause a histamine problem in some people. And guess what was in that top tier? 
spinach. So in the years since, I've not only treated that patient who had really dramatic results, but many patients with histamine intolerance syndrome, or what is sometimes called HIT. And it's different than HIT, which can happen with anticoagulant drugs. There are two different HIT syndromes that are talked about. And it's really not that common in the general population, but it is a hidden cause of symptoms that should be taken seriously that your doctor might not know anything about. It's a well-recognized syndrome in Europe, much less recognized here by conventional physicians, but no less a very legitimate medical condition. And it's especially important to consider if you have a child who's getting these symptoms or if you yourself are getting these symptoms and you have a kid who's like got these weird symptoms, abdominal pains, gets hives, gets headaches, and you just don't know why. They always have nasal congestion and you can't figure it out. Or if you get menstrual migraines and you have anxiety and you have difficulty falling asleep and you're, you've tried other treatments and approaches and they just haven't helped, or you've tried other elimination diets and those haven't really helped. So this is a very treatable lesser known food intolerance. And it really is due to a combination of a group of foods that can either cause your body to get exposed to high histamine or make it so that your body has trouble clearing out histamine. So no doubt you've heard of lactose intolerance, you've heard of gluten intolerance. This is just another group of foods that can in and of themselves be a trigger for certain people and are more likely to be a trigger for you if, like with lactose intolerance, you have trouble getting rid of lactose, or like with gluten intolerance, you have trouble enzymatically or genetically processing gluten, you can also be genetically or for acquired reasons, reasons that happen over time that you develop, become intolerant of histamine. So let's, before we dive into that, say what what is histamine anyway? So histamine is a chemical your immune system releases from a variety of cells in which it's stored, most notably cells called mast cells. And it happens in response to a variety of allergic and toxic exposures, for example, bee stings or certain foods like peanuts in people with peanut allergies. When such an exposure happens, histamine-containing cells, another group of cells that in addition to uh, mast cells can be basophils, dump histamine into your bloodstream. This leads to a rapid inflammatory reaction that intentionally causes your blood cells to become more permeable. This allows your immune system's white blood cells to and other chemicals from your immune system to reach the area where the invasion or trigger or toxin has occurred. It also activates nerve cells that stimulate your respiratory passages to constrict, your eyes to water, and your nose to run. Because you have these cells throughout your body, including your digestive system, your heart, your vascular system, your skin, and your lungs, they all respond to histamine as part of a protective response. Now, ideally, this response only occurs locally, for example, if you get a bee sting. But if you're really sensitive or if you're triggered by more multi-system response, it occurs throughout your body causing these multi-system reactions that can cause, happen all at once. And that's why you can get that whole seemingly disconnected, slightly bizarre list of symptoms, any or all of them. Histamine also is produced in your brain where it acts as a neurotransmitter, but that's a different 
group of histamine. And it also causes your stomach to partly be responsible for producing, it's responsible for the production of gastric acid necessary for digestion. So you have a number of different types of histamine. H1 or histamine 1 is the one that's usually responsible for these big, broad reactions that I'm talking about. So what causes histamine intolerance? This is actually really fascinating. And from my perspective as a functional medicine doctor, even a little bit geeky and cool and fun to learn about. So histamine intolerance actually results from an imbalance between the amount of histamine that is naturally released from your cells in response to certain triggers and actually normally is released in your body throughout the day. It builds up in your body as a result of the foods you eat, and that is happening for all of us all day long, regardless of whether or not we have a histamine intolerance. You build up a certain amount of histamine or histamine from in your cells or histamine from the foods that you're eating that contain histamine, and your body dumps them out into your bloodstream. You process them, break them down, and eliminate them. The problem is... If your body has a problem with its inability to break down and clear out histamine, which it does using two naturally occurring enzymes that your body is supposed to produce, one called histamine N-methyltransferase or HNMT, or another one called diamine oxidase or DAO, then you don't break down the histamine adequately and dump it. It starts to, or eliminate it, it starts to build up in a level that then starts to trigger these symptoms. So due to genetics, or acquired reasons, meaning something that has built up in your system that prevents you from either making or breaking down these enzymes, your body might not produce either the HNMT or the DAO or both. Now, HNMT is produced inside your cells and it's usually more genetically influenced. DAO, and here's where the cool geeky functional medicine thing comes in, is produced guess where? In your intestines. And it's the enzyme that's responsible for breaking down ingested histamine. So if you've had intestinal damage, like you've probably heard me talk about before, if you've been following me, or if you've done my kids' courses, if you've struggled with, you know, been struggling with kids who are struggling with allergies and asthma, so you've done my kids' course, like the allergy epidemic, or if you've been reading my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, you know how important the gut is in maintaining health, maintaining improper, maintaining healthy immune response, and how easily symptoms can come up in our body and in our brain and mood when we have gut disturbance. So I've put the links below this podcast for you. If you do have a child that's struggling with allergies, asthma, eczema, hives, abdominal pain, belly aches all the time, chronic allergy symptoms, stuffy nose, runny nose, so that you can actually learn how to heal that. But you'll also want to keep these histamine foods in mind so that if you try a typical elimination diet, elimination plan, and it doesn't work, this might be something you want to try. Also, I've put the link to get my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, so that if you're dealing with any immune problems, mood problems, autoimmune problems, you have the 4R gut healing plan 
in my book to heal those. But if you try that plan and you still are having some of these symptoms, it might be histamine intolerance. And you can certainly use the information in this podcast that I'm sharing with you today, or head over to my blog over at my website. And the link below is there for you also so that you can read about it and have all the supplement doses. Because if it looks like more of a histamine intolerance picture, if you're reading these lists of symptoms and going, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that, in a minute, I'll talk with you why doing the low histamine food challenge is actually the first step for you. So what are some of the things that can cause this kind of intestinal damage? Well, Leaky gut is a symptom of it. And if you link over to my article on leaky gut or get my book or do the kids course, you'll learn about the signs of leaky gut and what you can do about that. But when you have leaky gut, you've got damage in your intestinal lining cells that is going to be preventing you from producing DAO really well. It also makes you more susceptible to proteins and molecules coming from your food and also intestinal bacteria getting across your gut lining and also becoming a trigger for sensitivity reactions. By definition, if you have Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, you have damage in your gut lining, but also celiac disease and also non-celiac gluten intolerance can be a culprit. And small intestinal bacterial overgrowth in and of itself might not be causing inflammation, but the disruption in the gut lining and the overgrowth of the bacteria go hand in hand and so can get in the way of your cells producing adequate DAO. Certain medications, including NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, certain antidepressants, antihistamines, believe it or not, histamine blockers, immune modulators like those used for autoimmune disease, and certain cardiac medications like calcium channel blockers and other antiarrhythmics, all of which I list more specifically in the written blog, can also be causing DAO blocking or damaging the gut lining enough that you're not producing DAO. There are also DAO blocking foods and alcohol that can lead to decreased DAO availability to break down histamine, resulting in these elevated levels. And then consumption of high histamine foods can cause a problem, especially if your enzyme system is repaired. HIT, or this histamine intolerance that I'm talking about, is more common in people with inflammatory bowel disease like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, in people with celiac disease and SIBO, as well as in individuals with eczema, partly because eczema can happen as a result of intestinal inflammation. Interestingly also, and you probably didn't think you were going to get away with an, a podcast from me where I didn't talk about the adrenals because they're so important. And it's why I wrote my book on the adrenals because cortisol and uh, that adrenal stress response system are so central to so many health problems. Dysregulation or imbalance in the stress response system, whether adrenal overdrive with high cortisol or adrenal inhibition with low cortisol can also impair the immune system, leading to increased reactivity to foods. And stress seems to worsen HIT symptoms in many individuals. So having hives, for example, can be a symptom 
of having not only HIT, but it can also be a symptom of adrenal dysregulation. If you want to learn more about how to heal your gut naturally, if you want to learn more about the adrenal relationship to autoimmune and immune dysregulation, my new book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, is exactly what you want. And you can find out more about that book in the call to action link below in this podcast. So can you get tested to see if you have histamine intolerance? It's a great question. It's one I get a lot. There are currently no tests that are proven to diagnose histamine intolerance. So any functional or integrative doctor who is saying that there is right now, in my opinion, hasn't fully done their homework. And though blood and urine levels of histamine can be measured, because histamine levels are so naturally variable, depending on the time of day and also what you've eaten and when, it's just not a reliable way to test for this problem. Similarly, you can check blood levels of DAO, but those levels don't really correlate very neatly with symptoms. And because it's not a true allergy, allergy testing can be helpful to sort out whether you're having these symptoms because of a true allergy, but they can't tell you if you have a histamine intolerance. So the best and truest way to test for histamine intolerance is through a low histamine diet, which I'll describe in a minute. And I describe in my blog, I give you all the lists there in that blog, and you'll see the link below to get to that. But a reduction in symptoms on the diet and a return of symptoms when you introduce any of the high histamine foods or the histamine liberators suggest that histamine intolerance is your problem. So it's also important to remember to get checked for true allergies and other medical conditions that can lead to similar symptoms. But if the symptoms go away and come back, it's most likely a histamine intolerance. Now, the good news at this is a very treatable condition. Depending on the root cause of your histamine intolerance, it can actually be highly, highly reduced or even reversed. If gut damage is the problem and you heal the gut damage, or if you even have genetically low production of DAO, then reducing the histamine triggers from your diet and healing your gut and using supplements that help your body build DAO can really turn this around. If it's HNMT only, then improving your DAO status and improving your gut health can still help you to get rid of the histamine intolerance by helping you to break down the histamine better, but you're going to really need to focus on the low histamine diet. I haven't found any ways to increase the intracellular HNMT. So the three steps to treating a histamine intolerance are eating a low histamine diet, healing the root causes, which I mentioned, are the gut problems and the adrenal stress response system imbalances and supplementing for the supplements that can help heal your gut, but also improve DAO status. So a low histamine diet is always the first line of treatment. And the best approach is to remove all high histamine containing foods, as well as those that cause the release of histamine or which block DAO. I recommend keeping a food journal during that time so you can really track how you're feeling, track improvements, and track any foods that seem like they may be causing a trigger. Now, the tricky part is 
is that many people will have a reaction right after they eat a high histamine food or a histamine liberator. But as I mentioned earlier, there's also a threshold at which your body starts to have higher histamine load and dump histamine. So that may be hours. It's like an accumulated problem. So you've eaten breakfast, you've eaten lunch, you've had a snack, and now you go and eat your dinner and boom, you've like reached critical mass and that's when you have the reaction. So it might not be immediately after. So you kind of want to track what you've eaten throughout the day. I know it's a lot of work, but having a histamine intolerance with symptoms is a lot of work also, right? Having menstrual migraines that take you out for like three days every month is a lot of work. So it's a lot of work for 30 days to kind of keep a record, but so worth it because you can turn your problem around. I actually have a sample food journal over at avivaram.com forward slash adrenal dash thyroid dash revolution. It's the one that comes from my adrenal thyroid revolution book. There's a page where you can go for free and get some of the assets that I use in my book as extra downloadables. And you don't even have to have the book to go and get that food journal. And it's a great way to track your intake and track how you feel. During this 30 days, if you notice that your symptoms have disappeared and then start to drastically emerge once you introduce certain foods, then I recommend taking those foods out, sticking with the low histamine diet for at least three months, and then reintroducing those foods. It's a very strict diet where you're taking out certain foods. There's still a ton that you can eat, but if you're going to do this while you're pregnant, you're going to do it with your kiddo. I definitely recommend working with someone who can guide you through a functional nutritionist, your midwife, or your family doc or OB, because you don't want to make, you want to make sure you're getting all the nutrients you need. The good news is that this tends to sort of reverse itself while you're pregnant because of changes that happen in the immune system. So it's much, usually the symptoms are much less during pregnancy. So what are the high histamine foods to eliminate? Well, there's a pretty big list of them and I list those over at the blog. So click on over to the blog that's listed below this podcast, but overall it's aged foods, uh, like cheeses, aged meats, but interestingly, even leftovers can be a problem if you're really sensitive. So all fish, poultry, and meat leftovers cannot be eaten during this 30-day elimination diet. Certain legumes, chickpeas, and soybeans, wheat can be a problem, all the aged cheeses, if I didn't say that already, wine, beer, white wine and red wine alike, champagne, because think about alcohol, it's something that's aged fermented milk products like yogurt, kefir, and buttermilk. And interestingly, if you're someone who has tried to introduce sauerkraut or fermented lacto-fermented pickles to your diet, or you don't handle vinegar very well, that's a sign that you could have yeast intolerance or yeast overgrowth, but it's also a sign of histamine intolerance. So if you've ever been someone who's like, I don't know why, but every time I eat sauerkraut, this healthy food is supposed to make me better. I can't handle it or I can't handle kombucha. It may be that you're dealing with a histamine intolerance. There are some other foods also, so please look at the list over at the blog listed below. There are also foods that when you eat them, cause your body to dump its own natural stores of histamine from your cells. Those include citrus, dairy products, chocolate, sorry about that ladies, bananas, papaya, pineapple, strawberries, shellfish, food additives, artificial dyes and preservatives, and some other things. So please look at the list. And then there are foods that DAO inhibit. So they block your cells from making DAO. That's alcohol, black and green tea, and mate that top that list. 
There are also plenty of foods you can eat. So low histamine foods that you can enjoy are freshly cooked meats and poultry, flash or fresh frozen fish, eggs, gluten-free grains like rice and quinoa, peanut butter tends to be well tolerated interestingly a number of fruits are well tolerated there are a lot of vegetables that you can eat except those that i list in the blog that you can't eat dairy alternatives that you can use instead of the milk and the dairy uh, like the um, yogurt etc like coconut milk rice milk hemp milk and almond milk actually tend to be well tolerated you can still have olive oil and coconut oil and you can use non-caffeinated herbal teas for the most part. There are a few that you can't eat. During this 30 days, even if you're on methylfolate or methyl B12, unless there's a major reason that you have to be on them right now, like depression or your uh, preconception or pregnant, I recommend going off of those and seeing what happens and what happens when you reintroduce them. It's also, like I mentioned, really important to heal the gut using the 4R Gut Healing Plan. I give you a link to that below this podcast. And taming your stress is so important. If you're not sure if adrenal stress is a problem, that link I mentioned where you can get the food journal, you can also get a, a questionnaire and see whether adrenal overdrive or adrenal inhibition are problems for you. And you can also get those over at an adrenal blog I have over at my website. And the link is below this podcast for you. So how do you supplement? Well, there are very few supplements that actually help that have been shown to help in addition to what you're doing for your adrenals and your gut. But there are a very specific set of supplements. The doses are over at the blog that I've been talking about. That is a blog on histamine intolerance written specifically to complement this podcast, which I always try to do so you have the written information because it can be a lot to take this in. And I know a lot of you are listening while you're driving in the car or working out. So not a time where you're hopefully writing things down. So the supplements that I recommend are quercetin and freeze-dried stinging nettles. Quercetin is a flavonoid that comes from a number of plants, including apples and onions, which makes why they're so healthy for us. And it's a natural antihistamine. And I, I pretty much always use that combination together, the quercetin and the freeze-dried stinging nettles. However, you can't use quercetin if you're pregnant or if you have a kidney problem. So you can while you're breastfeeding, but not pregnant, not if you have a kidney problem. So always check with your doctor. If you have a kidney problem, do not use it if you're pregnant or trying to conceive. If you think you have conceived on it, just come off it right away. So it's a natural antihistamine, but it doesn't cause fatigue, sleepiness, drowsiness, or dry you out. And what it does is it's very effective in preventing and reversing calming mild to moderate histamine reactions, and it does not block DAO to our knowledge on it. So quercetin and freeze-dried stinging nettles, I recommend daily use of it while you're trying to heal this problem and then keeping it on hand so that if you do ever get a histamine reaction, you can take it and calm it down. Vitamin B6 helps to upregulate your gut's natural production of DAO. Buffered ascorbic acid or vitamin C may also do the same thing. And probiotics and prebiotics are really important as part of your gut healing plan. There are other supplements in the gut healing plan depending on what your symptoms are. 
but it can really be helpful in healing the gut wall. The reason I mention them here, in addition to them being in the gut healing plan, is that many of them contain a probiotic strain called lactobacillus casei, but that strain may actually increase histamine. So I want you to make sure that when you're looking at your probiotic and prebiotic combinations that it doesn't have lactobacillus casei. Now, there is the possibility that you can actually directly supplement DAO. There are DAO supplements on the market and I have used them. However, frankly, I've not been that impressed by them. So I really don't usually use them anymore. I always try this other combination first of the quercetin and nettles, the B6, the buffered ascorbic acid or vitamin C, and then the gut healing. It doesn't mean you can't try a DAO supplement, but you know I don't want you to have what I call expensive pee, just throw away supplements that don't do anything for you. So I would try these other things first, and then if you're finding that you need something more, add in the DAO, do this whole protocol for about three months and see how it goes. You know, living with symptoms of histamine intolerance can be annoying in the least, but really debilitating when they're severe. So if you have severe symptoms, it is really important to see an allergist, work with a primary care doctor who can help you. But it's also, you know, something that your doctor might not know that much about. And so the reason I share this podcast and share my blog is because I want to give you tools so that you can be your own root cause revolutionary and start to take back your health and your family's health. So if you found this podcast helpful, please leave a comment over on iTunes. Let me know. Hop on over to the blog, like and share the podcast, like and share the blog, and leave comments in the comments section because I always want to make sure to dialogue with you and make sure I'm hearing more about what you need. Again, to learn how to heal your gut, you can grab my book, The Adrenal Thyroid Revolution, if you're struggling with problems for yourself, if you're struggling with a child who's got a lot of allergy-like symptoms, struggling with these symptoms, get a copy of my course, The Allergy Epidemic. It's really affordable. It puts healthcare back into your own hands for your family. And check out the links below because... As always, I always want to provide you with a lot of free information that you can take your health care back in your hands. So thank you for joining me in being a root cause revolutionary. I'll see you next week in the next podcast. As always, a pleasure to be with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.